welcome to episode 36 for Sports and Songs. This is your host, Dan. I'm going to start off today with baseball update results from amateur state baseball tournaments in the state of Minnesota. There are three classes, class A, B, and C. Class A. Basically, the Class A tournament is the team's that play within the 494-694 freeway in the Twin Cities. Single elimination, 16 teams make the state. They play all their games over two weekends. Last weekend, it got things narrowed down to the final eight, or the Elite Eight. Now this weekend, the Class A tournament ends. Being hosted in St. Anthony Village, at the high school. Today's first game, elimination game. Lose, you go home. Win, you play today at five for the title. Stockman's Irish take on the Minneapolis Cobras. Minneapolis Cobras won the title last year. The later game, Minnetonka Millers versus Highland Park Beavers. That game is slated for roughly 2 p.m. Loser is done for the year. Winner will play again immediately following that game at 5 p.m. to conclude the Class A state tournament. The Minnetonka Millers have won two of the last three state tournaments. Cobras won last year. Look for these two teams to meet in the championship game at 5. After today, Class A is done. So let's move ahead to Class B. Class B state tournament being held in Shakopee, Joe Schlepper Stadium. What we have here is the Sweet 16. Single elimination. You lose, you're done. This weekend's games, you lose, you're done. Next weekend's games, give you a chance to fight back if you lose. It's double elimination in the final four round. Yesterday's games, advancing to the Elite Eight, Northfield over East Grand Forks, Champlin Park over Victoria, Elko over Moorhead Mudcats, Dundas over Chaska, so Dundas, Elko, Champlin Park, Northfield, all advancing to the Elite Eight. They will play next weekend. Games today. Prior Lake Jays against the Moorhead Brewers. Anoka versus Cold Spring Springers. Meesville versus Coon Rapids. And Chanhassen, number one seed versus St. Michael. These will all be some good games. So we'll be down to the Elite Eight for Class B. Class B. Let's move to Class C. A lot of teams here left. We'll be down to, after today's games, we'll be down to 32. Much bigger field here for Class C. Two sites. Springfield and Milroy. Everything is single elimination here. 
first round winners. Lake Henry over Midway. Waconia over Cannon Falls. Foley over Hanska. And Buffalo. Buffalo was my lock of the week. One of my four, they beat Fort Ripley. If you get a chance, listen to my state tournament broadcast preview that goes over these a little more in depth. More results. Watkins over Howard Lake. Union Hill over Avon. Laverne over Mora. Randall over Hadley. Cold Spring over Starbuck. And in my other lock of the week for this quadrant, Watertown over Red Wing. Watertown won that game. Interesting game last night in Springfield. It was the late game. They won. They advanced. But Watertown had five errors in the game. Very tough to win with five errors at any sort of competitive level of baseball. This game was noteworthy because all the errors came from one position. Shortstop. All five. Like I said, it's tough to win when you give the opposing team five extra outs. The shortstop for Watertown is Jackson Meyer. Jackson Meyer is a good shortstop. Graduated this year from Watertown Mayor High School. Has signed on to play college D2 baseball at Northern State. That is in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Good ball player. He started at shortstop, committed four errors, and late in the game switched positions with the third baseman. Third baseman came in and played short. He too had an error, the fifth of the game. Good ball player going on to play D2. Not sure what happened. Four errors at a state tournament game. They had one errors ball game. We played once again four games, sorry, three games at Milroy, Springfield. Be down to the round of tall sports. This is Dan. songs recording for Sunday's episode, uh, so you're seeing it now live on, not live, but on Instagram. Um, so for those of you hearing on Sunday, I apologize. This is record, recorded Friday. So some of these things might be a little irrelevant. I may be way off. I may be correct. Um, starting off with uh, a little horse racing news. Um, it is said that the Kentucky Derby this year will be held September 5th uh, with a limited number of fans in attendance due to the coronavirus uh, Canterbury down set on Wednesday. Attendance will be no more than 14% of what the average attendance is based on the 2015 record attendance of 170 plus thousand. So there will be about 23,000 people there at the Kentucky Derby, which to me, part of the fun of Kentucky Derby, watching people go with the hats, having the juleps, and there's a horse race, I guess, too. But there's going to be some people there. Um, again, this is in Kentucky. State rules may change between now and then from state to state. We'll see. Right now, they're looking at 10%. Uh, we'll go from uh, a little college hockey news. Um, those of us here in Minnesota are familiar with uh, University of Anchorage, Alaska, or Alaska Anchorage, um, for hockey and men's hockey. Well, because of the pandemic and schools closing, 
they have decided that um, coming up they're going to have to postpone or eliminate men's hockey in the 21-22 season. Uh, they also are eliminating women's gymnastics, men's and women's skiing. So those are sports starting starting to some of the schools. Um, yeah, they're not a big time school like Minnesota or Ohio State or North Carolina or Washington, but you know what? A fact is a fact. It's gonna snowball. Um, the little schools like them, or like uh, you know, other schools are gonna close here. Some smaller colleges in Minnesota may have to cancel sports. If not, maybe for a year or so, put them on the back burner. We don't know. Hopefully, they could pick it up. Um, we reported here a few months ago, uh, Huntsville in Alabama thought they'd have to cancel. Funds came available from alma maters, alumni. Uh, maybe this will happen in Alaska too. Maybe people will step up and some money is going to become available. We'll see. But as of right now, they've had to cancel hockey coming up after the next season. That's pretty sad. Um, I know it was kind of a pain in the butt trip. But, you know, it's still a fun trip nonetheless for players. I mean, kids want to experience it to Alaska to play hockey for a few days. Or if not, they come down here and you get the kids from Alaska playing hockey with you. That's got to be kind of cool. But, uh, so let's hope they get that figured out and hope not more schools have to fold. Um, uh, as you are watching this, you'll know that NASCAR is coming up Saturday. Those of you listening on the podcast, it's already happened. Um, it's at Dover International Speedway uh, Saturday, August 22nd, 3 o'clock Central Time, Minnesota Time. be on NBCSN. I'm still looking in there. Clint Boyer's still sitting number 14 out of 16 people to get in. He's got a 66-point lead over uh, Jimmy Johnson, who's on, the, who's on outs right now. So we'll see how that goes. But keep your fingers crossed. Dover's always a fun one. Monster Mile. Lots of excitement in that race. Uh, pretty, pretty fun to watch. So the Dover should be a good one to watch this weekend. It'll be fun. Uh, some pro wrestling news. Uh, good and bad news. Um, good news. I, I know... Uh, WWE has said no fans till November. That's not good news, but they're working on it. Uh, they at least are making decisions now and not waiting to the last minute. They're just saying no fans till November. That's my opinion. That means they're kind of making announcements now and holding off. Um, they have moved to a different facility, not their performance center for, for the match, for the TV tapings and matches. So they're trying to keep up. Uh, those of you who follow AEW, uh, they're on TNT. Their schedule's getting bumped around for a while now because of the basketball playoffs. We do have a link on our Facebook page. If the TV changes, if the uh, schedule changes, so follow that. Just see the basketball playoffs here. It's going to be a little different. There'll be stuff on Saturdays. It's going to be old days watching it on Saturday. Wrestling will be kind of cool again. But they're still going to be their live shows. They're not showing tape stuff. Um, their YouTube channel still going to have some stuff on, so we keep up with that. Um, some serious news from WWE. A few event uh, notes and events have happened. Uh, WWE star Sonya Deville has now further opened up regarding the attempted kidnapping at her home on Sunday, August 16th. Uh, Sonia, whose real name is Yara Barnotano, we'll just call her Sonia for the story, uh, but her real name has got to give out it's when this happens. Uh, athletes, especially wrestlers or singers, stuff like this happens in court, your real name comes out. The one name you've been, you've been trying to hide because of things like this. Um, I was a fan, found out where she lived, uh, started stalking her. Um, a lot of wrestlers have come out on this lately basically saying, hey, this is our private life. If you want to me to send you an autograph, make a request to social media. You can, you know, send them something on their Instagram page or their Facebook page. They all have special stuff set up for them as a wrestler. Do not follow them in their home life. Okay, if you're that obsessed, you're sick. Okay, enjoy their character, enjoy who they are, and go from there. 
you're taking it too much farther, something's wrong. If you see these guys, if they're singers or athletes or wrestlers or movie stars or whatever, if you run into them at Target, unless they're there for an autograph signing, that's just another person at Target. Leave them alone. Let them be. And uh, she's gone on her case. Um, she was at home with Mandy Rose, who she's got a match coming up with. They're going over stuff for the match. Ooh, big scale. That's blood out of the bag. Um, so she's going through this. It's going to be very traumatic. It's going to be very, I, mean, I don't care if you're me, you, a wrestler, a movie star, an actor, military person. Someone breaks into your house. That's scary stuff. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully everything works out for her. Also, some very uh, serious news in WWE or in wrestling. Former WWE and WCW star Buff Bagwell, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, was involved in an auto accident the other day. Um, he has been having prescription medication issues. Um, apparently, he was impaired by prescription medication this time. I know Marcus has had issues with stuff in the past, from what I heard. Um, other wrestlers I've seen on their social media have said uh, thoughts and prayers out to him. So hopefully, things work out for him. Kind of a jerk when I was saying wrestling, but still wish this on anybody. Um, I always kind of liked him as a wrestler. I thought his character was kind of neat. I kind of liked his character. Um, so let's just hope everything works out for him. Uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, uh, 50 year old, was transported to a hospital. Serious injuries as a result of a crash. As a sign, they don't know the, uh, how bad the injuries are, but just still kind of hoping on how things pull through for Mr. Bagwell, Buff Bagwell. NBA. Um, their playoffs are starting right now. We're not going to get into that because there's games every day. We're keeping it up to date on social media. Not going to get into it here. Uh, when the finals come, semifinals and finals come down, we'll be bandwagon jumpers. We'll mention something then. Um, just a couple notes, though. Uh, former Gopher basketball player Amir Coffey is in the playoffs with the Lakers or with the Clippers. Hopefully they can outdo the Lakers, be the, win the Battle of LA. The Clippers are the two seed right now. Uh, so if you want a hometown guy to watch for since the rolls in it, Got a mere coffee in there. Uh, speaking of the Timberwolves, the other night they did win the NBA draft lottery. They will get the number one pick next year. That means they get the chance to overpay somebody for a while. Uh, Golden State got number two. If you recall, last time we drafted ahead of Golden State, we took Johnny Flynn and they took Steph Curry. Just saying. Uh, NHL playoffs are still going on. Uh, we've been keeping up with that on social media. So if you follow along there, also, um, the Seattle Kraken uh, story on our Facebook page broke ground on the building of their new arena out there for them. So that should be kind of exciting. The, it's getting real now. You know, we got the shirt. It's got everything else. Now the arena is being built, so it's getting real for them. Um, in the NFL news, uh, the Seahawks have announced they're, they're going to play at, their, um, at least three home games without fans. They've already announced that. Um, I don't know what other teams are going to follow, how that's all going to follow. Um, and this is assuming they still got the schedule they got out now for the NFL. Um, they may change everything. They may not. It's the NFL. They're, they're the sports league with the big chip on their shoulder. We'll see how it goes. I see a lot of teams will follow suit. Um, someone like Seattle, whose fans are so important to them. The 12s, they call them. That, the 12th fan, that's their extra person, you know. Uh, if they're going to say, hey, we went three home games without them, Let's see how it goes. Uh, Vikings, I know, the home crowd's a big deal to them. Will they cancel three games at home with no fans because of coronavirus? We'll see. We shall see. The Packers, will they do it? I mean, their fans are huge. The Saints, their fans are huge. The Steelers. A lot of these teams with their fans, very important to them. 
let's see how they do it. Um, kind of exciting to watch that too. How that all pans out there. Um, so yeah, here, baseball. Getting some baseball notes here. Um, we learned yesterday the New York Mets have had two members of the organization be tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, Major League Baseball postponed the games with the Marlins and uh, some of the games with the Yankees this weekend at City Field. Uh, they flew back home. They rec- uh, recommended safe safety procedures in place to c- and uh, conducting testing daily. I haven't heard any more as of tonight. I know tonight's game is canceled with the Yankees. They're playing doubleheader tomorrow. I haven't heard any more. Again, me being the Mets fan, you know it's going to be on our page, on uh, the Facebook page. Um, so keep an eye there. Follow Major League Baseball online. If you need to hear more about that, we'll see how they do. Let's just hope no more of these teams get these breakouts. Um, Major League Baseball. More news for them. Uh, Major League Baseball. Trevor Bauer. A touch was fined, or was threatened to be fined and suspended because he went to wear shoes that said, Free Joe Kelly, my pair of cleats. Um, got a picture of those on our Facebook page. Trevor Bauer, picture for the Reds. Major League Baseball said, No, you do that, we'll fine you. So what does Bauer do? He goes out that night, throws seven innings, no runs, one hit, nine Ks, and walks three guys. Um, he's kind of a pop He's kind of funny to watch on Twitter lately. He tweeted Carlos Carrera and asked Carrera to send him his shipping address if he'd like to borrow the free Joe Kelly cleats. Um, because Carlos Carrera has been doing well lately. So he's out there talking smack on Twitter. Been kind of a fun follow. Um... Another big thing I've Twitter to follow right now is the San Diego Padres. A lot of things about Fernando Tatis. A couple days ago, um, they were up in a game. I think it was by seven runs. Base was loaded. Three ball, no strike count to him. Anyone who knows anything about baseball, you know that next pitch is either going to be way outside for a walk or it's going to be right down the middle for a fastball. Bases were loaded. Pretty sure they're not walking them. So he threw a gasser down the middle. The unwritten rule... This you don't swing on a 3-0 pitch. Especially when you're up by a lot of runs with the bases loaded. Tatis Jr. unloaded for a grand slam. Lots of players on baseball ripping into him. A lot not. A lot going. <laughs> kind of like uh, coaches used to say, you play to win the game. You know, um, you don't play to have fun. Yes, you play to have fun, but you play to win the game. Winning's fun. Um, Reggie Jackson has applauded him for what he did. I applaud him for what he did. You play to win. Too many times you've seen teams come back in the 8th and ninth inning from down 7 8 runs. I don't remember those of you who played baseball in the league in that. Did the coach ever tell you, hey, we're up by 9? Back off. No, you keep playing. You know, and the Rangers got upset about this. Um, if you look back a couple years ago, the Rangers beat the Orioles 30-3. to When did they back off in that game? You see those big blow-ups like that? Sometimes you just can't help it. You, you try to miss, and you hit a double. So sometimes you're just clicking. So he hit a grand slam on a 3-0 pitch when they were up. I've heard other pitchers and ball players say, you know what? Don't throw a fastball when it's 3-0 then. Look base is loaded. Lots of things on Twitter have been going around back and forth on this either way. But the thing that's funny about that one that started that Tatis grand slam, now I don't know about going into tonight, and again, I mean, it's on Friday. You're going to hear it Sunday. Hopefully more has happened. We'll know. Doesn't know. The Padres have had four games in a row, four days in a row, with grand slams. Figure that one out. First of all, how many times do you get that opportunity? 
the teams will get the opportunity for games in a row. They have, and they've done it. Uh, speaking of home runs, Washington Nationals, Louis Garcia. Uh, first, just to make people like me feel bad, first player born in 2000 or later to hit a home run. Starting to happen. Um, there's also a thing about Satchel Page. Through uh, This Week in History type of thing, we're going to throw it out now. He threw an estimated 55 no-hitters during his 22-year career. Just picture that. Satchel Page at his ages. Um, getting back to what I with the Mets with the coronavirus. Uh, that's pretty rotten news. Hopefully things come better. Everybody stays healthy. But Seattle Mariners pitcher Kendall Graveman um, has begun treatment for a tumor in his neck. For those of you familiar with this, the spine, it's around the C6. Uh, Seattle Mariners pitcher says he has begun bone tumor. He has a bone tumor in his cervical spine, and he intends to be you demand, but you know what? Take care of yourself, okay? Um, if you, well, I'm scared of COVID-19, I don't want to play. Your neck, this is your health. This is your livelihood. Take the time off and get it better. You still want to pitch. If the doctor says it's okay, I guess okay, but to me, I got no problem with you saying I'm staying home. Um, he started first getting symptoms back in 2018. And the diagnosis came last season while he was still recovering from Tommy John surgery with the Cubs organization. So when the Mariners got him in this trade, they knew all this was there. So no booze to anybody else. Um, you know, we've, for the playoffs for baseball, you know, we've seen the cardboard cutouts, we've seen teddy bears, we've seen virtual fans. But actually, there's been no people in the stands. Um, Korean baseball, if you watch that, they had a few people in there. Um, if you go, I saw the game the other day on TV. There was people in the crowd. That's the extra players they let sit behind the dugouts. Yesterday's pitcher, or tomorrow's pitcher, uh, maybe guys who aren't on the roster for that day, um, injured players, they could sit up there and watch so they could have social, social distancing in the dugouts. So, yes, there's been people, but not really. Uh, Rob, Rob Manford, Commissioner of Madrid Baseball, has said that right now he's saying no fans. Even though the Rockies and Rangers are both then kind of saying, hey, we'd like to see fans in our stands. Um, both teams could make the playoffs, so it's not like it's, you know, Boston saying they want fans. They're not going to make the playoffs. So we'll keep an eye on that. Right now, there's going to be nothing. NASCAR's had, a, had some tracks, a few fans back, based on state by state again. Uh, Major League Soccer's kind of puts on with the idea, but they know that goes from there. Um. You know, just on that, if the fans want to come back and everybody knows the issue's coming back and all this, if the state's going to say it and everybody else is saying it's okay, I'm good with it. But, you know, let's see what happens. But, you know, we've got other things to talk about here, too. Uh, before we get to the, the music stuff uh, for sports history and music history, uh, came out today, Frankie Benelli, drummer of Quiet Riot, has passed away. Um, from pancreatic cancer. He's been battling for about a year and a half now. Um, he was 68 years old. He was the uh, longest active member of Quiet Riot, on and off since 82. He's played Bob for Wasp on their Headless Children and Crimson Idol albums. He did uh, stuff with Billy Idol. He's done some other stuff. Um, Eddie Trunk, who has a show on SiriusXM, Eddie Trunk's been uh, doing heavy metal rock music, radio, and stuff for as long as I can remember. 
um, since the 80s. He's big, non- big time with all those guys. Uh, he's got a great podcast to listen to. He kind of takes his SiriusXM show, which is three hours, and kind of cuts it down to about 45 minutes to an hour interviews. He had an interview with Frankie five, six months ago. It was a pretty good interview. Uh, we have a clip from the show today where he mentions uh, he's got a statement from the family on there. Is on our Facebook page. We're trying to get that go to our YouTube page also. Um, but uh, Frankie has passed away. Uh, original drummer, or not original, but a drummer of Quiet Riot. I've done a lot of other stuff with them. Frankie, uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, he was also a rescue animal, it was a big thing for him. Uh, he had tons of rescue animals because it was a big uh, charity or cause he was active in. So uh, we'll see how that works out. He's asked for donations and that in his honor. But uh, back to the sports history and birthday. Back to the lighter part of the show, if you will. Um, and we're getting the sports here. Starting off August 17th, sports history. 1957, baseball player Richie Ashburn fouls and hits fan Alice Ruth twice in the same game, at, in the same at-bat, playing for the Philadelphia Phillies. First, hits her and breaks her nose. The second one hits her while she's on the stretcher. I shouldn't laugh. That's not funny, but it's funny. Sorry, Alice. That was funny. 1963, Jim Hickman becomes the first New York Met to hit for the cycle. 1972, Steve Carlton wins his 15th straight game. A little bit about the 72 Phillies there. They saw that team finish with a record of 59-97 and in the National League East. During the season, Steve Carlton became the last pitcher to win 25 games in one season for the Phillies in the century. He won 25 games. That team won 59. Again, he won 25. His team won 59. Yeah, he was the team MVP. Uh, Cy Young that year. Cy Young on the last place team. Pretty hard to do, but when you got numbers like that, you can uh, that team that year was 6-6 six and six against Atlanta, San Diego, and San Francisco. 8-7 and seven against the St. Louis Cardinals. They actually had a winning record against one. Carlton finished uh, the season 27-10 and 10 with 1.98 ERA, 310 strikeouts. Twice he went 11 innings in a game, once went 10 innings. Most of those games were 9 innings. I think I looked at one of the stats the other. I count one hand. The less, number starts less than 7 innings. He was 1-2 against the Mets that year. 1992, Kevin Gross of the Dodgers tosses the only nine-inning no-hitter of the season and a 2-0 victory. Birthdays. Ed McCaffrey. Yeah, that Ed McCaffrey. Wide receiver for the Broncos. Super Bowl Team 32 was born on that day in 1968. 1969, Christian Crabby-Lainer, second most hated Duke player of ever behind Bobby Hurley. Uh, played for the Timberwolves. He was on the 92 Dream Team. Uh, his birthday in 1969. August 18th, 1977, Don Sutton, curly-haired permanent, throws his NHL record, tying fifth one-hitter. That's right, I said one-hitter. You can giggle. Birthdays, 1934, Robert Clemente, uh, Puerto Rican-born baseball player for the Pirates, was born on this day in Puerto Rico, Carolina, Puerto Rico. He died and passed away in 1972, very tragically. August 19th, 1951. Bill Veck, we've talked about the Veck family before, the White Sox and Disco Demolition Night and stuff. In 1951, Bill Veck, then a owner of the St. Louis, Eddie Goodell, a uh, 3 foot 7 inch little person to the plate to pinch hit. 
he walked on four pitches. 1957, New York Giants voted 8-1 to to move their franchise to San Francisco in 1958. 1965, Cincinnati Reds pitcher Jim Malone throws his second no-hitter of the season, a 1-0 win over the Cubs. So two no-hitters that year for Jim. Birthdays, 1859, Charles Comiskey, American League baseball player, team owner, and manager of the White Sox, born in Chicago, Illinois, a hometown boy there. 1958, Gary Gaetti, twin third baseman, uh, Major League Baseball, All-Star, uh, 88-89, World Series 87, Gold Glove 86 through 89, played for the Twins, uh, and his career the Angels, I believe. Uh, he was born in the state, born in Illinois. 1969, Ron Darling and the Mets, were born in Hawaii. One of the few players born in Hawaii who never wore number 50. Look back. Lots of players born in Hawaii like to wear number 50. Go for a year. August 20th, 1958. Chicago Cubs use first baseman Doug Long as their first major leaguer lefty catcher since 1906. Think about it. There's no left-hand throwing catchers. Because if you're stealing from first to second, that throw from a right-hander is going to come a little easier. Say second, short, and third. You don't put a left-hander there. So second, third, short, catcher. More of those unwritten rules have to be right-handed people. Yeah, softball, you can see a guy playing left-hand, left-handed play third base. That's softball. He's not making $9 million a year playing baseball. He's playing beer league softball. Big difference. 1985, first National League pitcher to strike out 200 people in his first two seasons. Yeah, Dwight Gooden. 1989, Howard Johnson of the Mets joins Barry Bonds and Willie Mays by hitting 30 home runs and stealing 30 bases in the same season. Birthdays on this date. 1931, Don King, boxing promoter Don King, troll hair and all. was born on this day, born in Cleveland, Ohio. 1960, Mark Langston, pitcher for the uh, Mariners and for the California Angels. Born this day in San Diego, California, Mark Langston. Would have had a great rookie year. Would have had a great career. Overshadowed by that Dwight Gooden guy. You look up Langston's numbers, very comparable. Very good career for Mark Langston, nice left-handed pitcher. August 21st, 1982, Raleigh Fingers of the Brewers becomes the first pitcher to earn save number 300. And birthdays, Jack Buck, announcer for the St. Louis Cardinals and did some national games. Uh, he's done some stuff. Um, he did the end we'll see it tomorrow night. Twins fans remember that from the World Series. Um, his son, Joe Buck, does the games now. But Jack Buck, born 1924, passed away in 2002. Longtime voice of the Cardinals. Very, uh, very good at commentator. I enjoyed his games as a kid growing up. Listen to him. Very, very wise. 1936, Will Chamberlain, uh, 13-time All-Star, 100-point game. Um, born 1936, passed away in 1999. Born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 1959, the funky QB, Jim McMahon, uh, BYU University, Brigham Young University, uh, Bears quarterback, Chargers, Eagles, they get a cup of coffee with the Vikings also, um, suffering a lot of, a lot of head trauma before he played. Um, not real sad to watch him talk, but he doesn't remember much. Um, hopefully you get a lot of interviews from him now. I feel kind of sorry in a way. Um, his dark glasses now aren't a punky thing. He just he cannot do the bright lights. 
uh, too much head trauma and not getting banged around. But a lot of it thanks to the Packers for that cheap hit on him. I'm like, oh, sack. Look it up. Look it up. Packers, cheaters. Um, Jim McMahon. Probably come up on YouTube that way. August 22nd, 1946. Baseball approves 168-game schedule, but they later reduced it. Uh, 1959, the American Football League officially named at a meeting in Dallas, Texas. Charter members were Dallas, New York, Houston, Denver, Los Angeles, and Minneapolis, St. Paul. 1980, Bill Veck again. Bill Veck, what's with Veck coming up in the news? You'd think they liked the guy or something. Bill Veck agrees to sell the White Sox to Eddie Bartle, senior, for $20 million. Hail owners blocked that sale right there. Nineteen eighty-four, Mets pitcher Greg Gooden becomes the eleventh rookie to strike out two hundred people. Birthday is nineteen thirty-nine, Captain Carl. Yes, grandfather. Uh, Carl Yastrzemski was born on this day. Eighteen-time All-Star, born in Southampton, New York. Um, you go to Boston, you try to say something bad about Captain Carl. Pretty sure they'll shoot you. Nineteen forty-one, Bill Parcells, NFL coach, uh, Giants, Jets, Patriots. Born on this day, New Jersey. 1956, Paul Molitor, the Brewers and Twins, and Blue Jays, and uh, as we said last week, soon to be College Baseball Hall of Fame. Born this day is to St. Paul, Minnesota, former Twins manager, Paul Molitor. 1942, Walter Johnson pitches in a pregame altered attraction that draws 69,000 people. Walter Johnson pitching to Babe Ruth, 69K for Game between New York and Washington game to raise $80,000 for the Army-Navy relief fund. Big train made the Babe look bad on a number of pitches. Babe Ruth got the last laugh and put one in the left field seats. Next, compiled record second game. That's pretty good. Uh, Charles O'Finley, Major sells him for $12.7 million to Walter Hosner. That's the sponsor for the San Francisco 49ers. So I guess Eli Stroud was a pretty big deal in that. Bay Area. 1982, Seattle Mariners pitcher Gaylord Perry is ejected for three. Gaylord's out in Shamley Mitty's room. He'd love it today's game with this coronavirus. We have a wet towel at the mound. Lord, can we do a Gaylord who could have done that? 1989, Dodgers beat the Expos 1 0 in Dempsey home run. Those of you who remember that season or that career for Rick Dempsey, for him to hit a home run in the 22nd inning, that had to be a boring game. 1992, Dennis Eckersley, who previously set the record for most consecutive saves, 40, is the first pitcher to record 40 saves in four different seasons. So that's pretty good there. Birthdays, 1934, Christian Sonny Jurgensen, American NFL quarterback for the Washington Redskins, and a sportscaster was born in Bloomington, North Carolina. 1969, Jeremy Schaap, American sports writer. Uh, you can see a lot of this stuff independent. Radio uh, podcasts. He's worked for the uh, Alphabet Sports Network, ESPN. His dad, Dick Schaap, a great writer. But Jeremy Schaap is a good writer in his own, too, kind of like Joe Buck and Jack Buck. Jeremy writer, uh, if you hear his podcast, or he's, I trust what he says. Smart guy. Uh, now, in the music history, August 16th, 1977. Elvis Presley apparently died then. Jury's still out on that. Well, he was found dead in his home in Graceland as a result of an overdose of overdose of prescription medications for Elvis. 
the king died or not, that's up to you to believe or whatever. Find him dead on the cracker. 2018, 2018, Aretha Franklin, Queen's Gold, um, passed away after a battle of pancreatic cancer. Again, like Frank Vanelli said, pancreatic cancer. Folks, get checked. Get screened. 1986, at a soggy monster of the Rock Festival in Castle and Darvin, England. Def Leppard drummer Rick Allen gets a huge ovation. He takes a stand, a stage with his band. 20 months earlier, Allen's left arm had been severed in a car accident. So this is for, they, they did a couple warm-up shows at you know, bars and stuff like that before. First big set. He came out to play barefoot as a drum kit, which was electronic pedals. Uh, those of you seen Def Leppard Sense, that's what it's called. Uh, other bands in that show were Scorpions, Motorhead, and The Go, which is headlined by Ozzy Osbourne. But Rick Allen has come back. The rest is history. 1969, Eric Clapton's supergroup Blind Faith released their self-titled album. On the cover of the photo is a naked 11-year-old girl holding a model spacecraft. Clapton even had goofy albums. You'd think David Bowie would pull something off like that. No, it was Clapton. Birthdays, 1953. James J.T. Taylor, lead singer, Cool and the Gang, born in South Carolina. 1948. Barry Hay, frontman of the Golden Earring, is born in India. Not sure. August 17, 1980. At the Toledo Speedway Jam 2. 2. Not 1. 2. ZZ Top headline the show with ACDC, Sammy Hagar, and Humble Pie on the undercard. Also advertised on the poster, 800 kegs of beer, drinking age 18 in Ohio. And 18 in Ohio, dying, drinking age. 800 kegs of beer. Pretty good concert. This is the last time ACDC is a support act until 2003 when they opened up for the Rolling Stones. Which... In 2003, that was a disgrace. They opened for the Rolling Stones. Stone Show opened for ACDC. My opinion. 1984, on the outset of their latest world tour, Petite Elton John announces upcoming retirement, which, like most, doesn't happen. 1969, birthdays. Singer actor Donnie Wahlberg of New Kids on the Block is born in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, Danny Wahlberg also now on Blue Bloods. We watch that show. Um, 1960, 1965, Steve Gorman, drummer of the Black Crows, is born in Michigan. 1958, Belinda Carlisle, lead vocalist of the Go-Go's, born in Los Angeles, California. August 18th, Jimi Hendrix closes out Woodstock with an early morning performance of Hey Joe. It's also the same performance where he did the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, one of the best renditions ever. Better than when he used it at the Super Bowl, because... 1998, after getting dropped by Jive and releasing two independent albums, Kid Rock issues Devil Without a Cause, his first album under the Lava Records. It sells 11 million copies. He's had another right career since. Uh, 1973, Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn, Louisiana Will and Mississippi Man, hits number one on the country charts. I know that I said it, you really got that song in your head. I hear you. 1969, upstart band Rush. They see Led Zeppelin perform in Toronto. In 1974, when Rush get Airplane America with the song Working Man, radio stations field tons of calls asking if it's the new Led Zeppelin song. Think they influenced him a little bit? Birthday is 1950. Dennis Elliott, drummer Foreigner, born in London, England. 1972, the Midnight Special debuts on NBC. At first, just a one-off special. 
Uh, next year it launched as a regular show, with Wolfman Jack as the announcer. Um, Midnight Special is a show back in the early 70s where rock bands came on and performed kind of like a bandstand type show, only without a countdown, without kids dancing. Just bands came on, did one-offs. You look up old Midnight, if you're up late at night, infomercials used to sell copies of Midnight Special to buy. But you can probably look it up on YouTube. A lot of bands get their starts on there, early renditions. Weird to see some bands on their songs. Pretty cool show to watch. Um, 1945, Deep Purple lead singer Ian Gillian is born in London, England. August 20th, 1997, the Hank Williams Memorial Lost Highway is dedicated in Alabama, where the singer is born. It's a 50-mile stretch of highway on Interstate 65. It starts at his childhood home and takes place all the way down to the cemetery. Um, Hank Williams Jr. was on hand to speak when that was dedicated. So it'd be kind of, I don't like the term bucket list, but that'd be a cool thing to go see. 1992, embroiled in controversy over the song Cop Killer, Ice-T doubles down by appearing in a police uniform on the cover of Rolling Stone. Ice-T had his body count band. It was a rap, hard rock band. They did a song called Cop Killer. A lot of other controversial songs on the album. I had it. I like the album. Um, I kind of put forth a lot of Prince stuff, though, meaning I like the music. Some of the lyrics I could do without, but the music was just, if you're into the music part, it was pretty cool. Some of the songs were great, too. Cop Killer, I'm pretty without, but it was still kind of cool to tie in the songs and music. Um, Ice-T, just way he publicized himself and advertised himself all the time. He got to respect that. Now he does a show where he plays a cop, so money talks, Ice, money talks. Birthday is 1970. New Metal Frontier, or Pioneer. I just read it, I don't read it. Fred Durst, frontman of Limp Bizkit, is born in North Carolina. 1966 Pantora, Pantera guitarist Daryl Albert, also known as Dimebag Daryl, was born in Texas, 1966. 1952, country singer, guitarist, Thomas Dayton. 1948, Robert Plant, Led Zeppelin. Listen to these big names that's popping out here. 1942, Isaac Hayes born, Covington, Tennessee. Lots of big names on that birthday. That'd be a pretty big group of names. Isaac Hayes, Robert Plant. Wow, nice, nice group of, nice genre of people. August 21st, 2015. Now, this is the kind of protesting I can get into and approve of here. At a Westboro Baptist Church, famous for the anti-gay demonstrations, stage a protest before a Foo Fighters concert in Kansas City. The band responded by driving a truck in front of the demonstrators and Rick rolling them by blasting Ricky Allen. Rick Astley's never going to give you up. Now that's funny. I can live with that. I can handle that. Birthday is 1952. Glenn Hughes of the Deep Purple is born. Uh, he later does a brief stint with Black Sabbath as a front man in the 80s. 1939, country singer Harold Reed of the Statler Brothers is born. Um, see, all these good names come from these last couple days. Holy cow. Okay, August 22nd, 1912. Rap star LL Cool J hears this alarm go off in his Los Angeles home and, and uh, rushes downstairs to confront the alleged burglar named Jonathan Kirby. One broken nose, jaw, and Cool J has subdued the intruder. The police are on the way to take care of the suspect in custody. I would not want him to cross LL Cool J. I'm not going to break this house. I'm not going to make the man. I don't want to get him in my face. 
1970, Derek and the Dominoes began recording their famous Lola and other assorted love songs. The band features Eric Clapton, who in an attempt to lay low, downplays his involvement. Later, Derek and the Dominoes are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Way to downplay Eric. 1985, Rick Nelson and Fats Domino began filming their PBS special, Rockin' with Rick and Fats, which turns out to be Nelson's last television appearance before his untimely death in a plane crash. Birthdays. Wayne Stanley of Allison Chains was born in Washington State in 1967. 1965, James DeBarge of DeBarge, sometimes L. DeBarge, The DeBarge, born in Detroit, Michigan, 1963. 1961, Bengals drummer Debbie Peterson is born in Los Angeles. 1958, 58, wow, I didn't know he was that old. Vernon Reed of Living Color is born. Um, great guitarist, I love Vernon Reed. Great, great guitarist. August 23rd, 1969, Johnny Cash's album Johnny Cash at San Quentin, which is a soundtrack to a documentary of the same name featuring Cash performing prison, at the prison. It's number one hits for the next four weeks of number one album. Birthdays, 1951, rock vocalist Jimmy Jameson of Survivor, born in rural Mississippi. Also known for singing and co-writing the theme to the TV show Baywatch. Did not know that. You'll learn stuff new on this show here. Yeah, oof duh. 1949, Rick Springfield's born Richard Lewis Springthorpe in South New Wales, or New South Wales, I'm sorry, Australia. Before becoming a pop star, he plays Dr. Noah Drake on the soap opera General Hospital. Rick Springfield is born, um, like I said, Richard Lewis Springthorpe in South Wentworth, New Wales. Um, in 1946, Keith Moon, The Who, born in Webley, London, England. 1942, singer-producer Roger Greenway is born in Bristol. Known for collaborations with Roger Cook, including I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing in Perfect Harmony, which later becomes the Coca-Cola jingle. See, you thought you had Mississippi woman in Tennessee, you had that, that. Now this song is stuck in your head. So what I do, folks? I help. That's sports and songs for me this week. Um, again, recordings on Friday for Sunday. Hope you all enjoy your sports this weekend, your music. Anything you want to hear about music, any questions you got, please put them on social media, ask us questions. We've got our blog, we got the Instagram page, we got Twitter, which I don't use too much. I usually use Twitter more for getting information than putting information out. Uh, Facebook, of course, if you got any questions. Welcome to the Album of the Week review. This is Dan. I'll be giving you a doozy this week. Just heard here the song by Wasp, Blind in Texas. The album I'm going to review today is by Wasp called The Last Command. The Last Command is the second album by American heavy metal band Wasp, released on November 9th, 1985. The album was produced by Spencer Proffer, who is perhaps best known for producing the six-time platinum album Metal Health by Quiet Riot in 1983. So this is this is 1985 now. 
album, uh, Wasp has some music to record, they know the huge success that Quiet Riot's album Metal Health had back in 1983. And they go after their producer and say, let's get him to produce this. And certainly enough, Spencer Proper said yes, worked on this album, The Last Command. The Last Command is the first Wasp album to feature the work of strummer, drummer Steve Riley. And the last album to feature the founding member, Randy Piper, on guitar. The album reached number 49 on the Billboard 200 album chart in early 1986 and sold over 1 million copies, their first album to do so. The genre here in this album is heavy metal. It was produced in Hollywood, California on Capitol Records. Total length of the album is 41 minutes, 19 seconds. Here's the track listing. Song 1, Wild Child. Song 2, Ball Crusher. Song 3, Fistful of Diamonds. Song 4, Jack Action. Song 5, Widowmaker. Song 6, Blind in Texas. That's the song I played here at the beginning of the broadcast. That one was released in October 1985, several weeks before the album was released. And that's got a very good music video as well. This was the back in the time when MTV was doing its role. It's some awesome, awesome videos. Wasp used a lot of humor in their videos and their songs as well. Song 7 was Cries in the Night. Song 8, the title track, The Last Command. Song 9, Running Wild in the Streets. And Song 10, Sex Drive. So Blind in Texas was a song about getting drunk in Texas all through the various cities while the band was on tour. They did have a note in the liner notes uh, specifically saying uh, to remind the listeners and the kids at that age, do not drink and drive. The second song they released was in May of the following year, 1986, Wild Child was released. So this album's coming up here. In a few months, it'll be 35 years old. It's one of the first, I think it was the very first album I got from Wasp. I currently own 15 albums by Wasp. They're a very interesting band, to say the least. I'll get a little more into that here in a minute as to the reason I like them. Here's the personnel. Personnel on this album, Steve Riley on drums. Now you may know Steve Riley from the band Keel and L.A. Guns. Good drummer. Randy Piper, lead and rhythm guitars and vocals. Chris Holmes, lead and rhythm guitars. Chris Holmes, you might remember, married at one time to Lita Ford. And lead singer Blackie Lawless, lead vocals and bass. 
Now, the reason I like Blackie Lawless is multiple reasons. Number one, he said in an interview that he was influenced musically, heavily influenced by ACDC, Black Sabbath, Kiss, The Beatles, Cooper. Blackie Lawless's uncle was Ryan Duran. Duran. Ryan. That's R Y N E. Ryan Duran. He's a professional relief pitcher in the 50s and 60s. This was Blackie Lawless's uncle, relief pitcher. The former Cub standout Ryan Sandberg got his name from this individual, spelled the same way, R Y N E. And here on Sports and Songs, we do like to tie together music and sports, and this certainly fits the bill. He didn't have the greatest vision, this pitcher, but through blazing fastballs. His glasses looked like Coke bottle bottoms. But he's a fan favorite. He liked to put on a show. If you've seen the movie Major League, as I'm assuming most of you had, the character Wild Thing, Ricky Vaughn, the Wild Thing, they used that character based on Ryan Duran, Blackie Lawless's uncle. Is based That Wild Thing character is based on his uncle, played for the Yankees, and was once in 1957 involved in a six-player trade that involved Billy Martin. Billy Martin. So Blackie Lawless is good, good guy. Uh, grew up in a in a very religious background. Strayed a while in his youth. Got into some occult things. Got into some wild things, and then was born again. Now, over the years, he obviously strayed again, as a lot of the early Wasp stuff dealt with some. Uh, always very sexual overtones and also um, some apocalyptic things and violence. Now, Blackie Lawless actually is making Christian music today as he's born again. A lot of his music has gone that route and he's very cleaned up. Like I said, I've got a lot of his albums. Good stuff. Was a wild man back in the day, but he got that from Alice Cooper and Kiss and some Black Sabbath. Wasp is known for their shock rock. Shock rock. They wanted to shock the audience, sell records, and the like. If you get a chance to listen to this, good music. It's authentic hard rock, heavy metal, and once again, mid-80s. When uh, when all this was really uh, really really breaking out, uh, good stuff. That's my review this week. Wasp, the Last Command, an album from 1985. This is Dan.